Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Jack Jurek. Jack is the owner and operator of Bowler's Choice Pro Shop since 1993. Jack is a two-time PBA champion and a two-time Collegiate All-American at West Texas State University. Jack has also recently signed with 900 Global. Jack Timberg and Coach Casey of Klempkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Great to be with you guys. Well, Jack, it's called the Storm Collegiate Spotlight. So I guess the first very logical place we have to begin is with your collegiate bowling career. So can you talk about your choice of going out to, to West Texas for school? I mean, that had to be a little bit of a culture change from where you grew up. Um, yes, it was. It was a little different for sure. Um, the panhandle of Texas was a little bit different uh, than Buffalo. Not that Buffalo is a big, booming metropolitan area, but uh, compared to Canyon, Texas, it sure was. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the reasons I chose, I have an older brother who's uh, 11 years older than me that lives in Houston, so... It was kind of a chance to get just a little closer to him, even though it wasn't much closer. But uh, and I had a nice little, a nice little scholarship program going there at the time that I went. Um, so a lot of that all factored into my decision. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your, I mean, college bowling experience or so. I mean, there's uh, so much has been said about you know the benefits of going to college and, and the the feeling you get when you get to, you know, bowl, compete, and then win as a team versus just bowling as an individual. Did you get that similar kind of a feeling when you bowled in college? Absolutely. Um, I would I would probably – I've gone on to do a few few other things, but uh, my four years of bowling at West Texas State was, was probably the best four years of bowling I've had. Um, just the – the combination of the atmosphere, learning a little bit more about the game, traveling, um, bonding with teammates, um, and just the just the overall fun aspect of college bowling at that time. Um, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm a little older. I went to, my years were from 1981 to 85, but college bowling back then was really big. Um, there was, if you go through the names on, on the PBA tour, you're going to find a lot of guys that in the early eighties were all part of that college program that went on both professionally and bowled well professionally. So I think it was, it was a great stepping stone to turning professional. And it was, uh, it was four years. I wouldn't trade for anything. And, and tell us about who, you know, who were some of the, the players that you bowled with in college and uh, maybe the coaches and maybe just a little bit too, if there was any, kind of philosophy um, or, or bowling kind of strategies that maybe you learned or picked up on in college that you didn't have before you went to college? I think at, at, at my time, our, our coach was Bill Passens. Um, he had been doing the program for a while, but I would, I would probably rate Bill as, as a little bit more of an administrator than uh, an actual bowling coach-type guru-type guy. Um, you know, he took he took care of all you know, obviously all the travel arrangements, setting everything up, and I did the picking and choosing who bowled. But uh, as far as as far as like learning more in depth about the game, we probably we probably helped each other a little bit more. Um, I got uh, if we, we go down the list, um, there was a, a gentleman named Steve Martin from Montana, uh, Billings, Mo- or I think Billings, Montana, maybe. Um, 
he he was a senior at the time of my first year. Uh, he went out and bowled professionally for a bit, made a show. Um, Mark McDowell came in uh, midway through my freshman year. So I got to bowl with Mark McDowell for three and a half years together. Um, Mark obviously went on and was five-time champion on tour and player of the year the one year and tournament champions winner. Um, Mike and Mark Scroggins uh, were two of the other guys that I got to bowl with. Uh, so my senior year, we had uh, myself and Mark McDowell, Mike Scroggins. Um, and then we had uh, another left-hander from Buffalo. His name was Paul Fabianski. Um so we we pretty much had a really good final year, except for coming up a couple pins short in the national championship. That today still probably it's probably the most haunting memory of uh, bowling ever is, is losing out on that national championship the last year, having having never won it, and to be that close. So you mentioned they're kind of a who's who of bowling back in the in the eighties. Was there ever a thought, though, because you know I've also heard stories from the likes of Wayne Webb and some other guys that they bowled and out of high school, they went right to the tour because that was when the tour was was almost, you could arguably say, at its prime. Did you ever give that any thought to you know an, an 18, 19-year-old kid just saying, you know what, I'm going to go out on the tour I let, you know, and try this bowling thing out? Or for you, was it always, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go to school, going to get my education and see where that leads me with bowling? I think, uh, you know, obviously uh, when, you, when you're that age and, and you're coming up through the junior program and high school programs and, and one of the better prospects coming out, obviously I think you, you entertain that idea like, you know, I'm just going to go out and bowl. But, uh, you know, fortunately I had, I had good parents and, um, you know, my mother and father both, you know, we had some, some long talks about, you know, the fact that no matter how good you are in your little area, there's going to be better players out there somewhere else, and there's no guarantee, um, especially with bowling, because you know you get paid based on your performance. So if anything happens to you, there's you know there's no financial guarantees there at all. So you know it, it took it didn't take a lot of coaxing to push me towards the college avenue, um, and then you know catching a partial scholarship to West Texas at that time. Um, just made that whole decision really pretty easy. But uh, obviously, I did you know. I had a small part of me that would have liked to have just gone out and turned pro right away, but, uh, you know, it didn't take long before, you know, and that, I don't regret that for a second. Uh, you know, the college experience, you know, just between between the scholastics of college and learning how to be on your own and, you know, not not having someone there to tell you you got to get up and go to your 8 o'clock class in the morning. You had to do it yourself. So there was, you know, there was a lot of discipline that you learned from just going to college. Um, and then, you know, again, the bowling part of college was some of the, the best times of my life. Well, and it seems like the USBC has now, you know, loosened up a little bit on some of those restrictions. But as I recall, back then it was, if you were, you know, once you were an amateur, you're an amateur and you couldn't do a lot of the, you know, do any of the pro events where now, you know, it goes into the smart fund, the college fund, et cetera. And so it seems like they've loosened things up a little bit, maybe to, you know, obviously doing increase some entries. But I'm guessing back then you would have been all all for you know kind of doing both if you could. Oh yeah, I mean uh, you know obviously 30 years ago uh, a little different time and place for everything. Um, I I think it's great some of some of the programs that they have going now with the smart program and that you know for some of these high school and college kids to to get a chance to participate in you know some professional events you know U.S. Open, Masters, 
anything like that and not, not have it ruin their, you know, eligibility for school and stuff, I think, you know, the experiences they gain are, are fabulous. I mean, you know, you, you look at some of the kids now coming out of high school and college, um, the talent level is just so much higher uh, all around that, uh, you know, I think a lot of the things that, that are going on now are, are really beneficial for the, for the kids coming up. And the other, you know, one of the things with, uh, with competing uh, collegiately, a lot of the college players and college stars as well um, have gone on to, or even concurrently, um, compete for Team USA as well. And you, you also, you won some medals, didn't you, internationally, both for Team USA? I did. Yes, I did. Tell I us got, about that. Uh, I, was, I was fortunate uh, to make the team in 1985. Um, it was, it was a... Uh, a zone year, so I got to go to the North, North and South America zone tournament in uh, Bogota, Colombia. Um, got to go with uh, Jeff Riggles and Todd Savoy and Larry Jones, um, Scott Thompson, who was a college player at that time, also. Um, and one of, one of the nice things there was that that was my first meeting with Barry Asher. And uh, Barry had actually... I think he led the entire qualifying, and that was kind of in the midst of when he was having all his starts struggles. Um, and to, to to witness that and, and cross with him and, and bowl and see what he went through and and still managed to beat everybody <laughs> was was pretty amazing. And I you know I developed a nice friendship with Barry, and we still to this day he calls me. He's my West Coast dad. So uh, it'll be nice. I get to see him next week at the U.S. Uh, the Senior U.S. Open, so I get to spend some time with him there. But uh, Team USA at, at that time a little different, a uh, little different program than it is now. Um, you know, we didn't have we didn't have the training camps that they have now, and and I don't got to go to the one event. But uh, again, just you know, a great experience that I was able to get through college bowling. And I, I think with Barry as well, and you have a. I think there's an event you have going on as well with 900 Global um, with Mark Baker and Barry Asher as well, isn't there? Yes, there is. Uh, this, this Saturday afternoon, there, uh, Mark and Barry do a, a clinic every Saturday, a fountain, fountain bowl there in, in Fountain Valley. And uh, Saturday, they are incorporating a, a demo day with 900 Global. And I will be flying in that morning from Vegas uh, before that, that stops. I've all things going well with the uh, airline travel. I should be able to get there in time and uh, and kind of help out and give them, a, give them a little hand and trying to set some people up with some, some new stuff. Yeah, Jack, do you want to expand on that a little bit in your move to 900 Global? I mean, you've thrown, you know, you've been with Storm and Roto Grip before that and now the move to 900 Global, you know, which is, you know, you can go into it and just talk about what your, you know, what your thoughts are and your overall impressions on, on some of the pieces that 900 is putting out there these days. Well, I think, uh, for me, obviously, uh, I'm very excited about it right now. Um, when I heard, when I, when we first caught wind that, uh, Mr. Christman was going to buy the company, um, I had thrown some 900 global stuff in the past when they were registered on tour and had some luck with it. Um, yeah, I've been. I was a free agent for a number of years, and the previous couple of years, I've been exclusive with Storm and Roto, um, just from all the success I was having with the company. Um, Bill Supper has been a friend of mine for a long time, and you know, back when he was in the days of Ebonite. Um, so I'd known Bill for a long time, and when when I heard they were coming back on board, I got in touch with him just to 
to see what uh, what was going on. We got to try a few balls out. Um, really liked a lot of the, the stuff that was out at the time. Um, it just seemed to to be a nice fit for my style. Um, obviously, it, it wasn't a move that I was unhappy at all because I've, I've had some of my best years with the Star and Roto Grip stuff, and now with sort of a, a tie-in together, even though the companies are separate, you know, there is some, some influence now with the Storm company. So I saw it kind of as an opportunity for me to uh, maybe maybe separate myself from the pack a little bit. Um, you know, the staff is, is so big um, and so successful that, you know, it was just kind of a way for me to, to maybe just in my twilight years, we'll say, um, yeah, maybe just get a chance to uh, get a little a little more recognition for myself. Um, again, you know, the, the stuff that I got to throw seems to be a very, very good fit for me, top to bottom. I mean, I have, I don't think there's been a piece that I've drilled in the 900 global line that hasn't rolled nice. I mean, it, you know, even their, their bottom end boosts, I think the boosts are probably some of the best balls you'll ever see for that kind of price. Hey, separate note here I have for you, Jack. I, I still remember, I wrote a press release last year. It was after you won your first uh, PBA 50 tour title. Mm-hmm. And, and I, always, I always remembered it. It just always made me chuckle a little bit. Because you've won a couple of the, the Steve Nagy Sportsmanship Awards, and you're known for, for being just a real gentleman out there. And, and I remember reading the release once, and Mark Roth had said, he kept telling you to stop being so damn nice. <laughs> um, Go out and, yeah, and beat some people. Is that is that? <laughs> do you remember that? Oh, very well. Um, and and Dan Dan was kind of a nice way that we could put how it was actually said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there there may have been a, a, a different choosing of the words, but um, you know, Mark Mark was another guy in 1986 in my first year out on tour. I crossed him at the World Championship in Chicago. You know, fresh out of college and. Um, for whatever, you know, as competitive as Mark is, um, for whatever reason, he seemed to take a shining to me. We got along very well that week. Uh, we both put very well in qualifying. And, um, you know, he's always been there to, uh, you know, lend a hand a little bit if I needed something. Um, so I, I'd run into him a few times, and uh, he'd, he'd watch some of my shows, and, you know, he, he just told me, he says, you know, when you're on TV, he says, it's nice, you know, it's it's fine to be a good sport and, and a gentleman and a friend to these guys. But when you're on the lanes, you've got you've got to turn that off and and you've got to just change the way you think a little bit. Um and he used a few descriptive words <laughs> and just stop being such a nice guy. Um and then when you're done, then go back to being their friend. Well, and now you recently won your second PBA 50 title, and I remember this one was a, a, you know, especially emotional for you because it was right after the passing of your dad. So, talk a little bit about that, and you know, as that kind of sinks in a little bit, just talk about what it means to win and and dedicate a tournament to your father. Well, obviously, uh, anything that I've been able to achieve bowling wise, um, he's been a huge influence in that. Um, you know, him and my mother both have. And, you know, just just like I'm sure a lot of other parents out there that, you know, they give up their time and their money and, and make some sacrifices in, in their schedules to try and get you to wherever you need to get and uh, help you in any way they can. So, 
you know, my dad was a big influence over everything I did bowling wise. And, um, you know, when he was, when he was a bit younger and, and in better health, you know, he, and he enjoyed coming out and traveling and watching me bowl some stops. And, you know, over the years, I mean, he, one of my first years on tour full time, I was having a little, I was rooming with a couple of guys and we all, we just had one van and, you know, after you spend, you know, four or five, six weeks and with the same guys and, you know, some guys are bowling okay, other guys not bowling good and you get a little friction going. So we had a, we had a little roommate spat and, uh, I know my, my dad got, uh, he got my car and he, he drove from Buffalo down to Dallas to the next stop and brought me my car so I can have my own transportation and we can kind of subside that thing. So, you know, he used to, he would pretty much do whatever it took to, uh, do whatever he needed for me. So losing him was, was tough. Um, he'd been really struggling health wise. So it was one of those things where as much as you don't want him to to be gone, you just hate to see him suffer that much. So that was a a bittersweet passing. And, uh, it, it took a little bit, uh, took a little bit to, to get the nerve to, you know, get in the car and, make the drive and go down to Charlotte to bowl again. But, uh, you know, I know it was something that he would want me to keep doing. And uh, to be able to just go out that very first tournament back and uh, have everything just, you know, the stars aligned and pins fell the right way. And, you know, it was, it was one of those weeks where, you know, there's probably a little bit of divine intervention going on upstairs. So it was, uh, you know, it was just a really special week that, uh, I couldn't have, couldn't have written it up better in Hollywood. That is true. Well, good for you getting right back at it, and and you know, congrats on what a amazing feat, really, to do that. That's awesome. And you're uh, you have another big tournament coming up real soon, don't you? Too senior U.S. Yeah. Open? Yep, we got the senior U.S. Open coming up uh, starting on Monday. I'll be flying out to flying out to Vegas this coming Saturday. Um, uh, yeah, that's a. That's a good one. Even on uh, even on the senior level, you know, it's it's a grind, and the talent the talent pool now on the PBA 50 tour is is pretty much ridiculous. Um, all the guys that I started with on the tour, all famers, you know, left and right. Uh, and I know last year, last year I bowled well. I, I finished seventh, and uh, had six Hall of Famers in front of me. So I was I was the highest non Hall of Famer. So. But uh, I wasn't even close at, at seventh place. I was; those guys gapped out so far. Um, so it, it'll be a tough week. But uh, yeah, I've had I've had a pretty good run the last season out there. I, I feel a little more confident um, than I have in the past with these guys. Um, I know they're not quite; it's not quite as as dog eat dog on the PBA 50 tour. But uh, you know, these guys these guys can play, and they they love to win still. So. Uh, to, to come across with a, a senior U.S. Open would be uh, that would be a nice feather to put in the cap. Hey, Jack, I got a final question for you. Uh, Jeff Riggles over at 11thFrame.com had a piece about something that transpired in Oklahoma at the summer swing where basically during qualifying a person, you know, took like a 500-grit bowling ball and just really tried to, you know, mess up the shot for the people that were going to be crossing on that pair with the cut being so close. And that's been going on, you know, in, in tournaments you see it on TV a lot of times where a guy might play outside, Brian Voss and uh, Chris Loshetter comes to mind back in the 90s, et cetera. 
But just what are your thoughts on that between the, you know, the very fine line of this being, you know, creating a competitive advantage for yourself and ruining, so to speak, the lanes for the other folks out there? Well, um, not a, not a big fan, not a big fan, uh, of the so-called, I, I guess, you know, that there's, when I grew up, it was, you know, there's really no defense in bowling. Um, but the guys have, have come up with ways to, to try and create a little bit of defense in a way. Um, it's not something I find myself ever considering doing. Um, it, it's just not in my nature. Uh, I've always, I've just always been a guy that, uh, I like to I like to tie my shoes up and and go on the lanes and and do what I can to beat you and I'm I'm not a big fan of of trying to create and the advantage or slash create a disadvantage for for someone not my cup of not my it's not my style not my cup of tea but at the same time right now as long as someone is not really breaking any rules. Um, I'm okay that it happens. Not a big fan of it, um, but uh, you know, at some point, I don't know. I don't know if it can be addressed or not. You know, uh, without creating all kinds of other havoc. All right. Well, <clears throat> thanks again. Thanks very much, Jack, for your time. It was definitely a pleasure having you on, and we'll have to touch base with you again. You've got a lot of big stuff coming up, like you mentioned there, Senior U.S. Open. You've got. June 6th, your demo day event there, 900 Global and Mark Baker down there mm-hmm. at Fountain. And uh, just make sure you uh, keep in touch, and we'd love to have you on the show again. Uh, thank you, guys. I uh, really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, and college bowling has always been a big part of my life. And uh, anytime, anytime you need anything, uh, I'll, I'll be there for you.